Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips. Okay, welcome back. Tonight we're talking about the art of relating. So I feel like um, with what I'm going to talk about tonight, I feel like I should um, start by talking about most people when they're looking for, um, if they talk about the, like the art of relating, they're thinking that they're going to get some tips or they're going to get strategies or tactics that are going to help them relate better. And there's a problem in that that I'm going to talk about, but this is really looking at where is the breaking point of um, relating when we relate. The idea of relating is where we stand in relation to. And so we have everything in life, our experience and how we relate to that object, to that idea, to that person, to that experience. So there's something that, um, there's a, a quote that I've been obsessed about. Um, it just keeps coming into my head. And that is from Alfred Kozibski, which is the map is not the territory. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that before, but essentially it refers to every map is in order to be useful. It has to be a, a miniature of the territory of the reality. And the fact that it is that it has to be scaled down, it has to be have less detail means that it's flawed. Now, all of us operate in life according to our map. That's something that I want you to, to kind of have in the back of your mind as we go through this. So when we look at problems in relationships, they're really about a lack of communication, um, an inability to resolve conflict, and a, lost, a sense of lost connection. So when we, the, the biggest problems people talk about in, in dating is that they feel that they're treated like an object and not a person. And I think if we look at any of our interactions, whether it's passing someone in the street or whether it's we're complaining with a company that we've got an issue with, it's when we don't feel cared for, when we feel like we're an object. You know, like when you call up a support desk um, and they tell you something, even though you've already explained it isn't that, and they just they're just reading their script or someone who's trying to sell you something. What we really want is to be treated as an individual. What we really want is to feel listened to, seen, understood, and cared for in all of our relationships, whether it's a company that we're dealing with, our family, or our lover. When we're looking now, so let's say we're looking more at um, an intimate, a romantic relationship, the, there's a central relationship conflict, and that is that we go in even before we meet, I have this idea of what I want this relationship to be. I have an idea of who I think is going to be that person that's going to make me happy. So what a lot of people's experience on dating, people talk to them like they're trying to fit them into their box to make their dream perfect so that they're like everything will be fine then. So the central relationship conflict is that we both come into the relationship with these dreams this idea in our head of what we want that person to be let's say he and she so she's going okay would you want this and and they're looking and they go yeah ticks that it ticks that box ticks that box ticks that box and he's gone yes ticks that box initially like 
in the beginning of a relationship, say is like is a bit like a plane flying from here to say America, um, and we might both want to go to New York, and so we say, yeah, we're on the same page, we want the same things, but when we get to New York, they want to go to Central Park, and I want to go to Empire State Building or, or something that's com- completely like uh, far apart in in New York, um, and so. As you travel through the journey of the relationship and you have more and more experiences which um, reveal your maps to each other, you find that the person that you thought you were so on the same page with, that there's a big difference. What then happens is couples into their relationship are, they're like nearly there. Like, I just need to drag him over here and everything's going to be perfect. And he's going, well, if she would just come over here, we'd both be happy and everything would be fine. And so there's this tug where we're pulling in two different directions. And so what happens is in the stress and whatever, that's where the break comes. And that's the breaking point of the relationship. The relationship might might finally end when there's a big row when there's years of like you've been fed up with a relationship for years. It might come because someone cheats. But often the breaking point of a relationship was far before at that point where you lost that connection because you were tugging in different directions. So when a couple feels like we've just grown apart, it's because they've gone in different directions. So there's this kind of this pull to to pull people. And that's when we feel like we're becoming an object in someone else's dream. We feel like they don't really care about me. They just care about this their house and their family and all this. And so that's the point where we we lose connection. Now, if we go even further back, that there's a more basic conflict, and this is the basic conflict that is the problem at the root of every other people problem. And this problem is that we've got the pull of biology of what we feel, our instincts, our drives, are leading us towards something But what's then happened is that we've got the push of social rules and social norms. You should be doing this. You should be doing this. And so if you look at eras like the Victorian era, where it was all very puritanical, and yet everyone was shagging mistresses and whatever, like in, in, um, in hiding. So there's a distinction between what people reveal and what people actually do. And that is because of this basic conflict. This basic conflict is why we don't have clear communication because we're ashamed of what's what's hidden and we don't want to reveal um, that. And yet, biologically, we're driven to those behaviours. This is really what I'm talking about, the map and the territory. So the territory is the biology the biology of you, me, everyone else, the biology of of the actual real experience of what we're having and the map is our superimposed beliefs, depending on our culture, depending on our religion, depending on our family and depending on our experience, we make this map. Because of the overwhelming nature of life, we just have to use shortcuts. If we want more truth in our relationships, then we have to change our relationship to truth because that is what's at the basis of relationship conflicts and relate and loss of connection 
and communication. And now, if you look, like every newspaper has like a Dear Deirdre column, some agony aunt, uh, uncle, there's all these YouTube videos, there's all these books of advice and all of this stuff. And essentially what it amounts to is someone says, you know, I've got this, you know, my boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, person down the road has done this thing. What should I do? And, or it, it may just be like, here's the five tips that you need to be, to do this, 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 and this. And what it really is, is it may be someone who's got a better map than you. So it can be helpful to a point. But what you're doing is you're imposing a map, whether it's yours or someone else's, a map that is necessarily reductionist and, and error um, and erroneous. And you're imposing that map on the territory. And so you're imposing a social map on a biological experience. And so the, the breaking point where that stops working is because it introduces judgment, it introduces a lack of communication and therefore a lack of connection. So the alternative is to seek truth. And by truth, I don't mean the truth that's written in the Bible, the truth that you have the truth that someone else has. I mean, the fact of what actually happens, because all we can do is we can hypothesize. Um, and so religions, our maps, everything else is really a hypo hypothesis of what we can't experience, of what we can't know for sure. So in a relationship, it means rather than assuming what someone means, assuming what so, who someone is and why they did something, it's um, finding out. It's understanding someone through communication rather than assumption and expectation. Um, and through the process of that communication, you are then increasing the connection. For me, I think there's really six six levels of relating. Um, so what we've got here is we've got the tipping point and this below the tipping point is seeking to impose your map on the territory and above the line is seeking to understand the territory. Every interaction, every moment is really a choice between imposing your map on someone, on an experience, or connect. And so the six levels are, so the, the bottom level is to um, dictate, is to tell others what they should think, feel, say, or do. The next level is to dramatise, to make it all about the drama, about the emotions and how we feel. The next level is to deny. And when we deny, it can be that we're ignoring the bad. So often people will get into a bad, like what will later become a bad relationship. And they'll say, well, the warning signs were all there because this happened early on, this happened early on, but I ignored it. And what they're doing is denying the bits that don't want to fit their dream. It can be uh, people pleasers who deny their feelings in order to 
because their map says that if they please people, that everything will turn out right. So the next level is to ask. To ask is when we, so when we're asking, it's to seek truth, but it's um, so that we have enough facts that we can construct a narrative from. From, um, but it's still correct. Still uh, constructing a, a narrative which is good or bad. The level of acceptance is to accept reality as it is. Negative point of this is it can become a martyr that doesn't try to change it, as in just accepts what is. Um, and then the final stage is to align, which is really to accept everything and find a way to use the good and the bad to help us evolve. So the, the, the bottom three levels are really about navigating to our goals. And the, the higher level is using our experience to enrich and evolve our goals. Yes. So, so um, did you mean the deny? I'm, I'm just looking in the chat about lacking integrity. Between the map and the territory, there's always a gap. Um, where I want to go from here is when you came on this call, you had certain assumptions, expectations. There was some reason that everyone's been motivated. Everyone came on this call for a reason. Everyone had something in their mind. Um, and that would have been some assumptions, expectations, something that you were looking um, uh to understand or to relate to. Now we need, like in the discussion, we can make something that's quite abstract and quite um, high level, more personal, and um, talk about how this relates to you, to your relationships, um, and anything else that we that can be of use to everyone. Is there anything that struck people? Is there anything in the breakout rooms that you um, think would be worth bringing into the main conversation? Yeah, yeah I have. <laughs> because actually I, I was uh, given a blow, heart blow, they, um, in the last few days. But I think today, I realised it more today. Because I was seeking the truth, so the, this this conversation, you know, this this meeting, and Sandra's uh, also talking to me, you know, is is brought a lot of very good, um, um, you know, like it clicks, it kind of clicks. So um, it, it's making me come out and look at neutrality. So it's very good, and actually. You know, talking about the intention to come. I mean, I, I thought when I come, I'm just going to run back. You know, I don't want to talk. I'm upset. I'm, I'm not going to express anything because I just don't have anything to say. You know, when you're in that space, you don't want to talk. You're, you're like that. You're completely like broken. But, um, you know, coming here and, and speaking, I, I'm talking. So it's not so bad. <laughs> and uh, thank you. And that's it, really. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um are you like do you are you quite happy talking about it or um or is it too raw at the moment no 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 you know it's not raw at all it's just that um it, it's just that i i received so much so so much beauty from this this connection that i had like like i've never ever experienced something so beautiful 
And, you know, it changed me. It, it transformed me. And it taught me so many things. And, uh, and so now, like, 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 uh, my heart is, is just like, it's like ripped. <laughs> it's like ripped, you know. But he has also taught me to be more stable. So, I would be really, really like like uh, is it Jim Berry that said he's quite passionate when he when he when he's in in uh, in a relationship. I'm very passionate as well. Everything I do is with passion. I do it or I don't. If I'm not passionate, I don't. So relationship is the same thing. But somehow, you know, uh, I think being part of here in this platform, it, it's making me much more uh, neutral and I actually see clearly what I have to do. It's just that the time is perfect for me to elevate onto another level and just to let go and that's it. But 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 it's like my stomach is like... It's, you know, it's so, so uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable to, to let go of, of this beautiful um, being, you know, that, that's all he is. That's all he is. Uh, <laughs> that's it, really. So thanks for listening. <laughs> I, I think um, emotions and feelings can dominate us until we accept them because that they'll consume um, but we have to experience like they they are a biological um, reaction and they're there to get our attention, to get our focus. We, when we experience them and take what we can from them, then they, they tend to pass. It's something that we need to feel, feel but not get lost in. Or like you can kind of get lost in the emotion, but if you really go fully into it, it changes. Thank you for sharing. Rob, Rob I, I wouldn't mind to have that, you know, like you had the main photo and then you had another one, which I missed because I was trying to screenshot the other one, copy. So there was another one. It was like on the white background with words. Um, I wouldn't mind just to screenshot that one because when I see this, you know, I, I can go back and look. <laughs> Okay. Um, so, if you know which one I'm talking about, because you had the first one which I've got, and then there was another one with writing. It's slide thirty, Rob. That that black and white. Oh, okay, I didn't mean black to show and you white. that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Let me just put that. That's yeah. something else. That wasn't uh, for tonight's. Oh, isn't it? Oh, let's see. <laughs> I, I looked at that one. I thought, yeah, I want that one. I think I think as you click and it, it goes on to different. Um, different things but these are all just um but yeah that that wasn't i can't even remember but that's from something else okay i've just got it anyway i think i like that one thank you could nicole explain toxicity she put toxicity in the chat oh i was just saying i was just trying to explain the thing that veronique was looking for i just mm. just noticed on that little diagram before it okay mm. um yeah, that was uh, uh, types of relationships. Okay, so what is um, what is the biggest biggest barrier you have to relating at the moment? What is in the way of you and the relationships that you'd like? Letting go of control, I guess, would be the one. Um, I don't want to say that, as in I don't feel I'm necessarily a controlling person. Um, I don't. I don't feel like I'm particularly controlling because the thought is quite repugnant to me, um, and I wouldn't want anyone to do that to me. Um, I think I'm. I'm very much moving much more towards acceptance. I feel. Um, I guess it's just kind of 
it's not having control over someone, but it's kind of almost like I need stability to feel safe enough to open up and relate to another. So if I don't feel that it's everything's all quite stable, then it's bloody scary, essentially. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that that might have hindered me accepting before. Um, I don't really want to say that either, but I think to an extent it might have done. Um, but now, as we were talking in the room, I think you sort of bring things to the table. Like we're talking about putting boundaries in place and what do you do if people disrespect your boundaries and that kind of thing. And I very much learned that I can't make anyone respect my boundaries. And to be quite frank, I don't want to. They either want to or they don't. You know, they want to meet me there or they don't. Um, I, I don't need to talk anyone into it. Um, so obviously, we're not, we're not, you know, compatible. But, um, bugger, I'm losing my trail now. Um, um, okay, well, right, while, while you're thinking, <laughs> do you notice the difference between the biology of what you feel and the social rules, norms of what you're judging already of your experience? What do you mean? Give, give me a bit of an so, example. So, okay, so what you've talked about is I think all of us have a control strategy. Mm -hmm. We all have a way that we try to control the world and our experience that makes us feel um, safer. So my control strategy is to know. So I've always read lots because I feel like if I know enough, I can understand and then that gives me some level of control. Um, so we all have a way of... Um, controlling trying to control people behavior experience so what you talked about is is um the same for everyone but just some people aren't aware of it so you've become aware of that but then you've judged what is natural um as you know like i don't want to admit to it, i don't want to um so congratulations on being brave enough to be honest and being aware of it that because a, a, a lot of people so that means that really you're above the line because being below the line you wouldn't even register that because you'd be seeking <laughs> <laughs> of course so, i'm done now i can go now <laughs> <Sorry. yeah. laughs> um so um so yeah that's natural um but yeah, it's uh, like to accept is really, really hard. Um, and then align is, is even a step further. Kind of exciting though. When, when you do, when, as I do start to accept myself and others, um, it just feels so bloody healthy and things just grow so naturally and organically or they don't, which it's it, it sort of giving me more resilience, I think, as well, to let go. Because I know that, I know when someone isn't good for me, I need to let go. And I'm not too bad at doing that. But, um, yeah, it's just feeling pretty bloody healthy, actually. Mm. So, mm. Well, if you think about it, what people below the line are doing is they're trying to pull everything together. And it's like, pull this, pull this. And so their experience, they're like really frustrated with people because wouldn't you just do this? It's like a parent with 10 kids. Um, and they're like, just come here, stop that, you. And it's like, it's exhausting because you, you're trying to pull all these elements. But as soon as, so often people think strength 
is having the character and the will to impose your will on people. Like the whole idea of the alpha male is that like, I'm going to, I'm so strong, charismatic and whatever, I'm going to impose my will. But really that's exhausting. Um, and if instead, like the strength is, is not being able to get what you want and impose your will, strength is really not needing things from people. Not Because ultimately, the person that has most control, if you look at Stalin or you look at some kind, any kind of dictator, um, so, so one of the one of the saddest stories I think is Hitler. Um, and when you think of someone that you know, people think you know that he's evil and and all of this. Um, but when you look at like conspiracy theorists, like the idea that Bill Gates is behind all of COVID and all of these kinds of things, right, you've got someone who's more money than his great-great-great-grandkids could ever spend in all those generations, you know, like 60, 100 billion dollars or something like that, um, right? So I look at those kind of conspiracy theorists as in what would they have to gain? Um, so he doesn't need money. Uh, he's never run for office, so what power is he going to have? Um, so, and and the, like the idea, like people do things for status, for money, or for power. So he's not going to get money or power, and he's not going to get status from it. So what would motivate him? When you look from that basis, when you look at Hitler, who did so much evil um, but why you're looking at why did he do it um, and people go because for power for whatever he ended up um, humiliated afraid that his body was going to be used to humiliate him um, hold up in a bunker where he he um, apparently was like the, the military way to, to kill yourself, the strong way to kill yourself is to put the bullet in your brain. Um, he apparently had Parkinson's and he wasn't sure he could do it. So he had a, a cyanide tablet, uh, um, a bullet, and had someone there as backup to, to shoot him because he was terrified that his body would be used to humiliate him. So someone who people... Um, kind of aggrandize as in he was this evil figure that that changed a nation he couldn't there were things that hitler tried to do that he couldn't do because public opinion wouldn't go with it so it wasn't one man it was one man created a narrative that fitted with a lot of other people so I suppose what i'm trying to say is someone who is given so much um, credit for being the evil genius, what did he gain? Like he he could have, he, he had the, the power of 
control of his country. He had enough wealth that he could have lived off and just retired. And yet he was driven. So people think that he was driven because it was his personal agenda. But if, if it was his personal agenda, he would have stopped. He wouldn't have gone to a world war that he was likely to lose. But, but Rob, sorry to interrupt, but don't you think that the self-loathing that he is said to have uh, governed him um, unleashed that the beginnings of that? But the believers took it over. So even if he had wanted to stop, at a certain point, I think the machinery had got beyond him in a sense. Mm. And so I think he probably had to continue mm. or be obliterated himself. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he was committed. And I think, think he was committed to an idea. Um, and I think he, because when you look at the, the German, the German story, like the Germans have persecuted Jews for, gen, for centuries, um, it's like they kept them in the ghettos. So, yeah, and the point I'm trying to make is that that isn't strength. Stalin, someone who has to control everyone to portray an image, that isn't strength. That's actually weakness. That's someone. So like Sandra's saying, he was driven by his demons. Um, and lots of people that impose their will on the world is from force of fear, from being driven by demons. Um, so um, something that really um, resonate, resonates, I, I heard, um, read a quote years ago, and it was from Napoleon Bonaparte. And so Napoleon was the, the most powerful man in his time. Um, but he then lost was the Battle of Waterloo, wasn't it? And he was exiled. And during his exile, he had time to reflect. And he said, people like me, Attila the Hun, um, Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, we commanded great armies, but our, our time soon passed. And he said, when you look at someone like Jesus Christ, he never fought, had no army, had no force, didn't impose, and yet he still loved 2,000 years later. Um, and so it's... The person, the strongest person is the person that doesn't need to control. The person um, that has less need. Um, so I, one of, when I used to write about happiness, it's really the person who needs least is most happy. Um, because the person who needs the designer clothes, the person who needs the big car and a big house and all of those things is the person that is um, controlled by those needs. So that was kind of a long answer, but... Um, Can I ask a question in relation to that? Just because... I, I get where you're coming from in terms of um, you know having like material possessions or, or needing something. It means you're kind of reliant or dependent on having that thing to, to be satisfied. But if you kind of let go of the need of, of all of those things, you, you don't really have anything to kind of do almost because like there's nothing driving you to, to do anything because you're just kind of satisfied at that point 
and I, I found because like, I spent an awful lot of time on my own and I really hated it so it became like a, a need to kind of communicate with people and I was, I was just like desperate to talk to people and you to, to try and kind of rein that in I thought well I'll just be like satisfied with the situation that I'm in and then uh, you know it won't bother me anymore because I'm just kind of happy as it is but you find that you stop finding a way to relate to people because you don't care about clothes or cars which other people do so they they struggle to understand you in a sense because you you can't relate to them on that front because you don't care about cars or money or, or whatever I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that like surely you need um, something to kind of drive you if that makes sense yeah okay um so thank you because you've you've helped me clarify really um a point that i didn't make clear that um i'm going to distinguish between needs between primary needs and secondary needs so there are primary currencies like connection love um um like a feeling of success, significance, contribution, um, meaning, purpose. They're primary, um, what I think of as primary currencies. Um, so we all need those. But what I'm talking about is really secondary currencies. So in order to feel important, People feel that they need the designer clothes. People feel that they need the car. People feel that um, they need power or um, something like that. So um, secondary currencies are things that we chase. Um, and like in golf, if you're – like the idea is that you get the ball in the hole. But when you're 200 yards out, the hole is too small, so you go for the green. Um, and, it's, and what happens is people go for the green instead of the hole. Um, and so people chase money, um, status, um, in, when what they really want is feeling of significance, um, connection. Um, that kind of thing. So I think biologically, there is always, so those primary needs, we always want more. So the nature of needs is that we always want more. And so we always want more connection. We always want more um, meaning. Um, so I think there is always something that we want. So even in that time, there was something that you wanted yeah, so so for instance, like for for me, it was it was relating to other people, it was connecting to other people. But if you if you don't want any of those secondary things, that's sort of I guess the language that everybody else uses because that's how they relate to each other. If yeah. you can't communicate in that way, so for instance, talking about like you know, oh, I really want to go on this holiday or, or whatever it is, you have nothing to talk to other people about because you don't have. A, a currency to kind of build those connections with people because that's that's what people talk about like the the day-to-day -day, if that makes sense yeah uh, you know not necessarily cars but but anything like you know hobbies like football for example like if it's if it's something small but it just doesn't interest you 
you know, it's it, I, I I don't know how to, to kind of explain it. Yeah. I, I I kind of get that. But was there um, like did you have some sense of purpose, something that you were working towards, something that you wanted? Because well, one I, of I guess these, the things, like I, I, I always had like I've had a decent job and you know hobbies and, and interests and, and things that are just kind of like you know periphery things that that I do but I I never had like a strong group of friends because I moved around quite a bit so that was kind of my main goal was making friends which is not necessarily the most healthy thing because you could like uh, Nicole was saying before you can't make other people do things so you can't sort of just make a friendship out of nothing you have to have something some means of relating to other people uh, through if that makes sense I don't know how you do that without it overtaking if that makes sense um, yes. Um, what a lot of men find. Um, so when I have men's groups, and it was to talk about relationships, but the biggest thing that men wanted was friends. Because they say you can play football, but they only do football. You can um, go down the pub, but they only go down the pub. Um, and so it was compartmentalised. And so they had all these different kind of friends but none that crossed over. And you, you, it's like what Nicole said is, is kind of what comes out when you, you were talking is that the people that you were relating to were maybe people from work or maybe something like that. You were stuck with a group. Where you're at is going to determine who you're going to connect to most and the type of relationships are going to, that are going to most unfold. Uh, and it tends that our friendships come from a shared interest um, because people don't people do want to connect but people don't generally go oh I'm interested in connecting you know like unless it's data Um, so you it's kind of like a triangle it has to have something else to have a focus because otherwise it's too intense you know like okay what's your deepest Um, (laughs) so you want an interest um so, but I, I think like when it, so the nature of, because of your solitude meant that you, you overwhelmingly want connection, but I'm, I'm guess there's probably other things, like maybe you were meeting the other things that you were doing some work or that had taken a back burner or something. Um, but I'm thinking there may have been hobbies that you've missed or something like that. Um, and that it would be the way that you would, find the people um because there's I, I what what i'm trying to get at is i think there's still other things that you wanted uh, i'm not quite sure what you mean because so for example like um i, I guess it relates to what you were saying about you know you, you have different friends in, in different groups but the 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 only reason that they're going is because they have an interest in that thing, which is, you know, absolutely fair enough. Like that's why people go to these things. But for me, it was just kind of like, that was an excuse to go and, you know, like just chat to people basically. Um, so there was nothing really like pulling me to go and do anything. It was just kind of like, oh, well, I quite enjoy this. So I might as well go because <laughs> I might, you know, chat to someone while I'm there. So I, I, I guess I, I don't know. I don't know how. Okay. Um yeah, I, I kind of um, okay. So, what attracts someone mm. is different than why they stay. So, what attracts you to someone, to an activity, is different why you, you stay. So, a lot of people are attracted to 
um, a group to a hobby, but they stay for the community. They stay for the deeper feelings. Like, for example, um, in martial arts, people sometimes will join because they want to be tougher or they want to look after themselves or something like that. But the only reason they'll stay is because it gives them something deeper. Um, and because otherwise people will just be there for a little while and then they'll move on. Um, so, and that kind of relates to how, like that's the initial bit that gets you in a relationship with someone. And then <clears throat> it's the connection that develops. It's what I'm trying to get at is while we're breathing, there is always something that we want to do. There's someone we want to connect to. There's some cause or thing that we want to contribute to. There's some thing that we want to share, um, which is like our legacy. And there's something that we want to achieve. So what I've talked about is, is relating to reality, but aligning with reality doesn't mean so there's a distinction between aligning and accepting because accepting is not trying to change it but aligning is using that to have a bigger goal because so w when you look at the story of the buddha and and these are accounts of people thousands of years ago but it's i think it's a good example of the buddha found enlightenment um, and then live for like another 40 years. But he lived to share what he gained. So I don't know if you're familiar with the hero's journey. As in, uh, in a fictional sense? or Yeah, as in Joseph Campbell's yeah. idea of the hero, uh, hero's journey, which is um, that essentially it's three phases that you leave the ordinary world you go through some trial or some journey which changes you and then the return is you return a changed person you return with the boom the, the, something that's going to be of benefit to mankind so if you look at star wars uh the matrix um the hobbit any of those they all like luke skywalker left his his home saved the um, galactic or, or the, say the Jedi force or whatever they're called um, and he came back changed um, uh, the, the Hobbit is probably similar I have not watched all that um, the Matrix is Neo is the one he goes to this new world he um, downloads all those skills he but more than that it's about he believes in himself and then there's that moment where suddenly he, it all kicks into place and he's got to, he, he's like dodging bullets and yeah, you can't become enlightened without watching sci-fi. Um, <laughs> and he was changed and that, that's the moment where he knew he was the one and then the rest was the details. So, um, and it sounds like you had what I'm guessing is probably a profound experience because of that. Um, and what that means is you can return back to, you could do your everyday things, but you're different um, because of that experience. And you can bring what you learned in that experience to those relationships. 
I, I don't know how you would use that to, to kind of relate to people though, because if they don't understand, it's like trying to describe a new colour, if you know what I mean? Like, until yeah. you've seen it, like, you can't really. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, I've got a little bit more. Um, so there are lots of bit like Buddha on his journey became an ascetic. So he was a prince, he had everything, he realized that model was flawed. He went and then gave up everything to the point of nearly killing, dying. Um, and this is what lots of people do, as in they um, they think renunciation is the path um, and not experiencing. Um, and then he found like the middle way, which was not giving up, but just not overindulging. And so... Um, so I was talking about primary currencies and secondary currencies, and it doesn't mean that you're not interested in the secondary currencies because the secondary currencies, like you're still going to need money because you're still going to need to function. You're still going to need clothes and there's going to be clothes that you're going to prefer. So it doesn't mean that you um, aren't interested in the sec secondary currencies. It means you're not driven by them. Because the people who are driven, like we talked about Hitler, or people who are like driven to have billions, is because they've mistaken the primary currency for the secondary one. People whose parents told them, um, go and be good enough or go and whatever, that they feel that they need to prove to someone. They're driven by the secondary currency. So it's not that you're not interested in that. Um, so, okay, so so now how do I relate that back to, so it sounds like something happened that you lost the interest um, and that might be a reaction, um, but it's probably a, a, like you you might not be as passionate, but you can still engage, if you understand. Mm. I don't, I don't know if that changed when you came back in um, and that evolved and changed. I, I don't know, because for me, it wasn't really like a, you know, like a specific thing. It's just happened over time. Like you just kind of, I don't know, you look around at what people are doing and you kind of think, I don't know, you're kind of missing the point a bit. Like, um, but it was, it, was, it was gradual, but... I find it harder and harder to relate because I I don't understand the compulsion. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, okay. So, so, um, uh, I, this is like a literary thing and I'm not very literary, but you know, Dante's nine circles, nine circles of hell. So Dante's idea is that hell is other people and all the people who are, all the people who lie are on one level, all the people who steal are on another level, all the people who, I can't remember the exact levels, but it's kind of like that. Um, the, the people who um, lie, steal, cheat, um, hurt others, all of that, the, the dictators are on another level. And each level of hell is you're with those, level, those type of people. Does that make sense? Do you get the, the idea of that? So, like, <laughs> each level of hell is a different level of relating. Okay. So everyone – so, okay, so let's let's put it this way. 
imagine the first level is everyone who steals. The next level is everyone who lies. The next level is like all the rapists. The next level is all the uh, violent. And the next level is the dictators, all that kind of thing, the, the frauds and all that, right? There's similar circles in life of how deeply people relate to life. And I think what happened is you rose up so that you weren't consumed. So, like, if you look at the people who love the Kardashians and Love Island and um, that kind of um, very superficial, like The Only Way is Essex and all those types of stuff, um, and then there's people who are um, <laughs> trying to I'm struggling to fill the characters, but you, you, you understand. Okay, so there's people who are really concrete material. It's about the car that they have, the house that they have, all of that stuff. And then there's people that are um, really about humanistic, yeah. materialistic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. Because I'm struggling for words. Um, so there's that level, um, and if you you've seen through the illusion of the concrete, the superficial, then people who are on that level, it's going to be hard to relate to. So in that sense, it's and the picture I got was you were like had a a certain group that you were stuck with and it was it felt like it's more like the kind of people you needed a different type type of people to relate on the level of depth that you wanted <laughs> I, I think Sandra's got something to add yeah. so Please. <laughs> Jake, can I ask you a question? Um, you mentioned your hobbies were sort of, or I got the impression that they were, you thought that they were not mainstream enough, that your hobbies were sort of off to the side. Can you give me an idea of what one of your um, hobbies may, might be? Sure. So, I mean, the, it's not necessarily that I didn't think they were the mainstream. It's just like, I mean, I do normal things like I play guitar and I do a bit of kickboxing. And I've done all sorts over the years, but it was never really like, um, I, don't, I don't know. It's more just like, oh, I happen to enjoy this, so I'm going to carry on doing it rather than like, I need to be the best like guitarist in the world or something. It just, it seems like, like you're, you're never, you're never going to be the best at something. So just enjoying the level you know, obviously you try and get better at it, but it's not the thing that compels you to do it. It's just enjoying doing it almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, but then um, is it that um, I suffer from the same thing? I do, oh, I do okay. things that are very solid. Well, for me, they're solitary. I can do them without anybody else. And um, when I tell people what I love and really love, it's like, huh, yeah, you're kind of off on a, you know, and, Mars or somewhere something different but um but nonetheless I find that pursuing those pleasures give me so much pleasure that um it gives me a high and as a result of that um 
I don't know. I, I don't really feel that I'm confined in a very in a solitary space. That I'm I'm living a solitary existence. Um, but nonetheless, yes, I do want to relate because I'll tell you, it took me um, probably thirty. 30 odd years to convince my my best friend to grow an orchid plant and when i taught her she now has the most beautiful i mean her neighbors are just looking at i mean she's gone overboard okay she's got more than me all right and she's like oh and i said oh you're the perfect student i just love you but, but before that she was like oh you are so strange what is this obsession with these plants and blah 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 and so um and as an orchid grower in Jamaica, I was one of the younger ones. So everybody would be like, what are you doing with all these old fogies kind of thing, you know? But guess what? It gave me enormous pleasure. But talking to those people who would not be my friends out on a Friday or a Saturday night, I got such joy from listening to their stories. Um, I made different types of friendships and relationships with them. Um, I met their children, their grandchildren. You know what I mean? We did yeah. all sorts of, so it's a different, I think, friendships for me, um, not to say um, I want friends and they must fit a certain box, just like the relationships. It's what you... It's, it's something that you connect with probably sometimes the strangest of persons and you get such an enrichment from it because of what they bring that you have not seen. And I think, yeah, the football crowd and the bear guzzling at the pub can be quite limiting. But, I mean, you're playing the guitar. There's so many people who would love to learn to play the guitar. I think you should think that there are not opportunities to connect with other people. Um, you know, I yeah, as I say, I embroider who how many people you know would sit down with them, embroidery needle and be sticking it through a piece of cloth. I, I, who can I talk to? But it's not stopping me, that's the point. Um and I think it should you shouldn't you shouldn't deny yourself the pleasures that you really, really enjoy because they actually make you probably more interesting than the average fellow talking about, granted, I'm an Arsenal fan, not anymore because they're crap. <laughs> but anyhow, um, anyhow, moving right along. <laughs> uh, so I won't talk to anybody about that. But nonetheless, you know, yeah, I add those to my repertoire. Okay. And I am totally passionate about F1 and Lewis Hamilton. Don't say anything bad about them. I will. Uh, yeah. Uh, so all I'm saying is that I have. Over the years, I think added enough things that allows me to speak to people enough that I can connect. But nonetheless, my pleasures that really resonate with me are mine, and you don't have to like them. I don't have to reveal them to you. I don't know if that helps. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's really interesting point of view because um, it. I, 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 I think it's very similar. Like. Th those interactions that you have with people through that thing at, at that time it, it's brilliant because you're like yes like they, they, they really understand this but then when you come out with that for example like I, I joined a hiking group and it was mainly like uh, 60 to 7 year olds there 70 year olds and I, I loved it it was great because they, they all have 
lots of like really interesting things to talk about. But when you come away from that, like you, like there's like a need to connect with someone that's like your own age and and that kind of thing. And it's very difficult if they don't have that sort of. I don't know. Like nobody else wants to do that. If that makes sense, like there's not many people like you that like take interest in those other things. And I think that's why I, I struggle with a little bit. Um, but I, I really appreciate you sharing. It's, it's really interesting. One one thing that just pops to mind before Veronique um, shares is um, another thing. Like if if connection is the goal, then. Um, just being really curious and interested in what they're interested in. So like, as in, if you go deeply, so it's like, a, it's a bit like emotions. If someone's interested in designer clothes and that, okay. If you go deeply into it and like, why, what, what, why that I, I got about that? And, and so they're kind of talking, eventually that's going to, um, that's going to burn out of the designer clothes, but it's going to be about what's behind that. Um, and what's behind that is, uh, like, why, why are you really into designer clothes? Um, what does it mean to you? Um, and what you're doing is you can take any, because all passions or <clears throat> interests behind them is a universal dynamics. Um, because there's secondary currencies, there is a primary currency underneath them. And as you get to that, you really like if you because of the work I do, I get to have those discussions where someone is like really pursuing something, and it's really because of something that happened to them in childhood, it's because of something they feel is lacking in them. Um, and but you have to have a certain level of connection, which may be through the superficial. So, the super, so we, I think, everyone here on, on here sees that the superficial is flimsy but the superficial is really important because those people on TOWIE, those people on Love Island and whatever is really important to them like it really matters and it really matters because of something that they're feeling which is the universal and they, that's the bit that you connect to so if it's about connection you can just, it doesn't matter what it is, but if you delve in, in the same way like with Veronique delves into the emotion, the um, she gets what was the message behind the emotion and in the same way the superficial um, um, has something deeper behind it because all of these things are underpinned by universal human dy- dynamics. Um, Veronique, sorry uh, for rambling, but you, you've you been very patient. No, no, it's, it's nice to hear. Well, no, no, actually, when I was hearing Jake, I, I, just, um, I just felt because, you know, part of changing, uh, sometimes when you do release, you realise you don't need anything. You're just so satisfied with everything that's around. And so you, you become quiet and you don't know how to express this. If people around you are not in that kind of level of energy, you, 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 you have nothing to say. 
and uh, and and also remember when I was very when I was younger. I mean, I, I never could speak, and I remember going to the pub with with workers, you know, the people I was working with, and they had so much to talk about, and I was I was struggling to see. But every time I wanted to say something, I had so much to talk about. But every time I wanted to say it, I said, no, they're not going to find this interesting. I'm just going to shut up. And I was living like this. I had to do a course in communication. I went to I forgot which which place, and and just to act and and that served me because it, it made me act to be the recipient or the thing and and that's the only way I learned because I communication is a, you have to learn it if you're not taught by your family or or people around you it's it's like um, I don't know how to explain that so that really helped me and now even though I I, I, I am in that state of, of complete like this it's just like even in this in these conversations, I just suddenly something comes to, you know, that a topic comes and I just want to express it. Now I don't stop, you know. But, uh, oh my God, before I could never speak because you're thinking, you know, there's, because also the energies of others sometimes they are like so confident. And when they speak, you're, you're like totally engrossed in what they're saying. And so you, you've become so minimal. So if you, if you have, if you have no interest, not because you're dumb, because you're, you're so evolved, actually, <laughs> you know, this is what happens. And so you don't relate with the normal kind of people. So then you have to, to get some hoops like this. And, you know, now it's easier because obviously with COVID, it's much easier. You get to know about them anyway. But, um, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Um yeah, so, and, and actually what we have today is um, because the world's so interconnected and the internet and stuff is that anything you are interested in, there is something about. And Veronique, um, while, while you were talking, it kind of made me think of um, there are groups like this, uh, a practice called circling, um, which is really just people go on and what's life for you what are you feeling and it's kind of like you circle someone's um emotions and the experience um and it is purely about relating internally um and explaining it um okay um Anyone else with any thoughts, questions, um, insights? Earlier this evening, I think we were having quite a, a, a discussion about the essence of truth in a relationship, but also looking at... Um, one's ability to accept that the truth as it's presented to you. Um, otherwise, you get um, caught up in this process of investigation, inter interrogation, um, you, and you become obsessive about that, which removes you from the essence of the relationship. You become almost like a guard, a, a, a judge, a, you know, uh, 
um, prosecutor in, in a sense, prosecutor, sorry, um, in a sense. So you, um, yeah, we want honesty, but alongside honesty comes um, a willingness to accept, within, of course, within lim limits. Um, if if it's if it's ac that you can accept what is being presented to you, I mean, if it's not outright lies that you can pick holes into, and you have a level of um, trust in the person, um, you you can't spend your time questioning every thing that's presented to you because then that becomes this the thread that that permit that runs right through the relationship and this notion that we um give each other space to evolve can't happen because that by virtue of questioning and not trusting you're putting boundaries in place around that, that person's ability to grow to grow to move to uh, be themselves and stuff because they can offend their active act, actions can be misconstrued it's all kinds of doubts and questions come into play so we were discussing this that you know no matter what is happening this underpinning of truth and honesty the, those concepts and acceptance on the other hand on the other side or the ability to accept what's presented as being truthful enough um it, th those are common themes that run run through any relationship mm. um okay there's a lot in that um so so i i I want to um, I'm going to share this because it was uh, what I was butchering earlier on. Um, so this is uh, the Dante's um, Dante's levels. So it's kind of limbo, lust, gluttony, greed, anger, heresy, violence, fraud, treachery. Um, so what I really like about that is the level of connection that we have. So we can connect with everyone, but they're going to fall into a level of connection. Um, so we can, we can get along with everyone. We can connect to everyone, but we're not going to connect to them at the same level. So I think it's like Dunbar's numbers, where Dunbar says that we can have five deep relationships, 15 um, close friendships, 150 people that matter to us meaningfully um, and know about 1,500 people. So I think what people do on in, in dating is they try to fit people. They decide that they, this people, person meets, meets their checklist and they try to fit them to be the partner. Um, and what I've always said is you should relax, um, not impose your ideas on them um, and let them let it find if it's true, if it's a true relationship or not. 
Um, and in the same way, with, when you're relating to people, I think they're going to fall into one of those buckets. And I like the way that like Dante's idea, because I think there's levels of connection as well. And some people won't be honest. Some people um, are scared of honesty. Um, and so you have to find someone who matches your level of honesty. That's part of um, the relating. So why, so then the question is why aren't, like why do people have different relations to, to truth? And the biggest, I think, is I think a lot of people are afraid of the truth because their parents made them, yeah, um, because their parents made them, the parents or teachers. Um, so when I when I used to work, I used to work at school and I used to work with difficult kids. And the difficult kids pretty much all came from similar families. So like there's a few families that all the difficult kids came from. And what had usually happened was early on, they learned never to tell the truth, never to admit to anything. Um, so, or never to care. Oh, like so many things had happened that they just didn't care. Like you couldn't scare them. You couldn't, um, there was nothing that, had happened to that you could do that they that had they didn't already have worse um so where there's a lack of trust and what that lack of trust is is that they're going to be accepted for who they are there is shame and whether it and there's already shame being imposed by like the social, the gap between the social and the the, the pull of the so and the push of the biology. Um, so there's that gap, and in that gap is shame. And what shame does is make people stop talking, because they stop talking. Um, if you bring up that topic, they won't want to talk about it. They'll shut it down. Um, so that to a large extent is going to dis determine that and the person's response to it. Because there are some people that have been through that and will override it because um, they'll have, um, they'll have more of a need. Um, and so they'll over override that. Um, but a lot of people that have been through those experiences will learn that the truth is scary the truth means they're not good enough. The truth means people will see that they're a bad person. So a lot of people who, I mean, when you look at, I don't, you don't, people don't so much say the, the term now, but it used to be like, what was it, confirmed bachelor? And I know that was a, a euphemism for, often for a euphemism for someone who was gay um, and it wasn't safe to be that. Um, but it, I think also there is that there is that type of person that will never settle down into a relationship, and it's because they aren't willing to reveal who they really are. Um, so there are there is a level of how far you can get into a relationship, how, how far you can relate to someone. So 
the level of connection is set by their level of fear. It's set by the level of which they need to control. Um, and so I've often said when two people meet, their relationship is already set because what it is is those levels, those thresholds of fear, those less thresholds of control, um, the, the reactions that they'll do when things go wrong, all of those things are already set when they meet, but they just need the experiences of the relationship to play out for both to, to see them because people put on their best front and they, they give their best image for the first few months. So you don't have a real idea of who someone is until the context and the environments and the circumstances happen that expose what's already in their makeup. And so what happens when people see 10 years in and they say, I don't know who I've married. It's because they looked at the facade, but didn't see the makeup of the person. Um, so does that make sense in relation to, I know you made a lot of points, Sandra, um, and I can't, my memory is limited to how many I've answered. Yes, yes, it makes it makes sense. Um, while at the same time, uh, I think we all have so many layers, and um, the layers shift around depending on the circumstances. I think um, certain things come to the fore, and others may recede, and so um, it may not be any one factor that actually either cements a relationship or breaks the relationship. Um, I find, well, my circumstance, if I am being brutally honest, I can see the um, manifestations of some of those things at the bottom half of your, your diagram. <laughs> you know, yes, I could recognize them playing out. And I think, um, you know, the sort of wanting to... Um, to control, and it's not so much to control the other person per se, but it's to control what they're doing to you, um, right? And so, but it plays out as being a, a form of control because you're circumscribing what they are doing, um, but it's because it, it it impacts you that you're doing that, and that leads to disharmony and dysfunction and as you're saying that pulling and pushing that, that starts that process so i recognize that for example and um and so yeah things that probably were dormant as you're saying you brought them into the relationship um you they were pre-set in you in a way but these these new um nuances and new um, reactions can trigger some of those dormant uh, behaviors, characteristics, um, things that were simmering there, not being provoked. Um, but once triggered, they come to the fore. Like, for example, being angry, just snapping uh, <laughs> and just losing the plot because something just, you know, just caused that particular reaction, which is not expected is not the norm in, in, in terms of your behavior. So yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah. 
I, I can I can see I can see um, the level the, that we move through the the various levels and the the um, circumstances that could either lead it to um, a point where you have to actually say this is make or break for your 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 well being. I think there comes a point when you have to take control of your sense of self and what this is what's what's playing out based on your um thing because if you're never ever going to get to that evolved point and you're sitting forever down in that dysfunctional bit below that line you do get to a point where you have to say this is not good for my sense of well-being because you're not even at that neutral point where you call um just sort of muddling along in that kind of neutral space where you don't quarrel, you don't argue, you don't evolve, you don't change, you're just, you just exist and, you know, you plod along and, oh my gosh, that is like the living dead to me, right? So, uh, <laughs> whereas the other one is constant tension being below the line and that to me, um, you know, nature talks about a state of entropy. One always needs to, there's always change. You are moving to another state. So yeah, you are forced, I think, to, um, to do something or it's going to get done to you because the other party may decide that they need to be the one. And I think in my case, I was the party who decided that this has to change. We cannot go on like this because it's like a state of suspended animation, but it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I've got loads of notes <laughs> and some in response and some inspired by what you said. Um, so, I think, um, to use Nicole's word, we have like this idea of superficial and like humanist or spiritual. Um, and, but I think it's important to know that we, um, like Ken Wilber talks about transcend and include so that when you go from one level to another or, or where it's, um, so that he talks about there being dominator hierarchies and, and growth hierarchies. So, um, and he, he also talks about like um, in spiral dynamics, there's different levels of how you relate to the world, um, which I think is, is in parallel to that. And um, so, uh, trying to think. So in um, so yes, yeah, so growth. Okay, so uh, yeah, um, that is part of it. But the growth. So a dominator hierarchy is a hierarchy where slaves, um, and different caste systems, and this is where one that's been imposed. And so he talks about them and differentiates about dominator hierarchies to growth hierarchies. And so if you look at language, you have um, letters words, sentences, paragraphs. Um, in, in nature, you have um, atoms like subatomic atoms, cells, uh, tissue, organs. Um, so growth, hormo growth hormones, <laughs> growth 
um, hierarchies are natural um, and they naturally evolve. Uh, and he, t- he talks about the mean green mean. So like um, lots of people in, in like we're in an age of where there's a lot of people in the, in the green spiral um, in terms of spiral dynamics where they uh, say like spiritual is better than superficial. And this is something that we kind of touched on. Um, and I, I want to make the point that you don't, you don't, um, where you transcend and exclude and transcend and include is that many people in like the idea of the mean green meme is like you reach a, 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 um, a level of spirituality and I'm more spiritual and you get competitive spiritual spirituality. And, but however, um, so I've always thought that there is no distinction between spiritual and life because the concrete has to be powered by an energy. Um, and so if the <clears throat> spiritual is the energy, then the concrete is the energy, how it manifests. So it's still got a spiritual nature to it. So the superficial um, in like with Love Island or Taui or, or whatever, still there is some a level of spirituality that's um, under, underpinning that and driving that. Um, and so there's a, a thing we can say, we've gone up and therefore we're better. But I think what happens is the more uh, the awareness that we have, the higher the level, um, it's how we have more access to um, awareness. But the Buddha, Jesus, or whoever you want to talk about, ha- still has a preference in their food. They still have a preference in what they wear. They still have a preference in their experiences. So they still are very involved on the, on the superficial level. Um, so um the the problem with only having the spiritual uh, superficial level is that you're you have a lack of awareness of what's driving what you do um and so people who connect on a more superficial le- layer or level have less to connect to because if you're up you can you can still talk about and enjoy food you still talk about and enjoy food um, clothes and um, I don't know why I'm always dominated by food, but um, so you can still enjoy sport and prefer a team and you, um, you're just not lost and trapped at that level. So you have an awareness, you have what you prefer in your hobbies, but you also have an awareness of what's driving that, why that's important. Um, and so you can, you can connect at so much deeper level. Whereas if all you're going to talk about is clothes and food and status symbols and money and stuff like that, there comes a time where um, there's only so much to talk about. So the more levels gives you the deeper connection. Um, So 
in order to have conversations, you need to, we talked about this last week, you need to have ingredients. The more diversity of ingredients that you have, the deeper, the richer the conversations you can have because you can create more blends. So couples that connect, that have a greater level of awareness, that have more deeper connection to truth, are able to talk about everything, why it occurs. Um, and so they understand each other at a deeper level. Where a lot of couples um, lose connection, fall out of love, grow apart, whatever you want to call it, is because they um, they assume this is what they always do, this is what they always like, I know them. Whereas for all of us, we, we still, if we're open and looking for it, we can still find stuff about us that we don't understand and we don't know. And when you ask why, what, how, you understand more about yourself because of those questions. And in the same way, because you're forever recognising that someone is changing um, and you don't know them, you, the connection is still fresh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and the other thing is, is really that um, relationships and life ultimately is a solo journey. Other people are there to enrich our experience and we have relationships that are mutually enriching. But we come into the world alone, we leave the world alone. And every relationship is going to end, whether it ends in death or divorce or breakup. Um, so we can't ever use a relationship um, to replace us because a relationship is made of two individuals. So the individuals and the health and well-being of the individuals is what drives the health and well-being of the relationship. So when we make the relationship the thing, we lose connection to ourselves, and we lose something in the relationship. Um, and, yeah, so I, I don't know um, how much that relates and, and how, much, uh, how, how much you take from, <clears throat> from that, but hopefully I answered at least some of your questions on that or points. I think actually you're you're expanding the conversation. I think it could go on for quite a bit, but um, yeah, I, um, I do agree. And I think sometimes we have a way of looking at um, relationships as though it's one thing. It's one, you know, homogenous thing that just sits there and it is stable and it doesn't change. It's a bedrock kind of thing. And um notion of several layers you start off with layers you may not you know this feeling of oneness and oh my god he's the perfect one or she's the perfect one and it's gonna and you think that it's all seamless and you are so such a cohesive whole um 
drives us to this, I suppose, distraction in many ways when we start to see the, it's like phyllo pastry, eh? Subtle layers starting to, <laughs> to show <laughs> through this thing that seems so solid. And um, sometimes I, I think that it's, it's not a cause for um, panic, it's a it's 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 an adjustment and it's an acknowledgement that you're two individuals, and that this is how you are um, showing those nuances of self to each other as you evolve within the relationship. And I think it's when one person starts to pat you down back into this mass, this homogenous mass, because you need to be there. You can't. Put your head out and show your individuality. No, every layer must be the same as it was from the very beginning. And um, I think that's where strife starts to um, rear its ugly head. And based on what you're saying, the layers, um, they, they, um, yeah, they take on different types of importance depending on what stage you're in and also your own state of evolution in terms of how you deal with it and cope with it and also the willingness of the other partner too because it's you know we keep talking about ourselves but if the partner is not willing to acknowledge accept and want to participate in the process of the relationship evolving no matter what you see no matter what you want no matter what you express it's not going to work. It's 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 going to be dysfunctional and it's going to be uneven and it's going to create as to, to coin your thing, the push and pull. And um yeah, one part one party wants to stay and keep maintain the status quo and the other one wants to, to evolve. And um you can correct me if I'm wrong, because this is something I'm still, I'm, I think I'm trying to work out in my head. A process of evolution, because you see, this affects me because I keep telling you how independent I want to be and I don't want to be married again. And I want, <laughs> and I want somebody to just be with me when and if and how and what have you sort of thing. All right. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Does one... Um, and sometimes I'm kind of conflicted by that because what does this independence actually mean? You know, is it independence of um, spirit or independence of space, physical space, um, or independence of thought? If you, if you know what I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, it's, it's where where is the, what's the important bit of the independence that I seek to maintain and have? Right, because if it's space, that's one level, that's one thing. Uh, um, but if it's other things, other components, then, you know, I could probably be in trouble because if I want independence of emotional space, then it means that I don't want a true connection with somebody. You, you know yes. what I mean? Because I don't want yes. to be too close. I want to be able to go. I, 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 I want to be able to run away if it is getting too hard or something like that. So I'm working that through. I, well, there's there's a couple of things. First thing I really jarringly jumped out is um, when you talked about oh 
can't remember exactly how you put it, but I had in mind, like, when you look at a relationship, I think you should look at a graph of the quality of the relationship and the, as the relationship unfolds. Um, and the typical marital satisfaction goes goes up initially and then it goes down. Um, yeah. And it goes down, relationships break because there's a point of conflict and people don't know how to repair that. Um, and so it just gets worse. But there's something you said, and I think you should look at like a, a relationship and it's like a heartbeat. It's going to go up and down. And it's it's the ability to repair when it's going down um and reconcile um you on your last point of you mean you need, you need a good dose of medicine at that point <laughs> yeah, yes it's really reconnect because it's we've talked before about the the uh, connection disconnection um it's about recognizing a relationship is is the uh, a relationship health is the quality of the connection or disconnection um, and then you, your last point is the idea that you have of what you want is your attempt to bring control to your circumstance. Um, and I think what, what we really have to do is to let go of our ideas I mean, we have a rough idea, but everything that we want, you know, like oh, there's always something that you want. You want the latest iPhone or you want the latest car or um, a bigger house or, or whatever. There's always something that you want. Like everyone here probably has some shopping list. Like if someone said Christmas, what would you want for Christmas? You've got, okay, yeah, I really want that. Um, so there's always something. That's the horizon. But we can't, what we try and do, and I think what, what you've talked about here is, is, is an attempt to try and wrap up. This is what it's going to be. Um, and I think we can have that as a vague destination. So, like, sometimes people want to go on holiday and they want to go on holiday to, say, Portugal. They want to go to Portugal because... There's an experience they want that they they think they have in Portugal. There's maybe something that they want to go and see. They or, or they've had a good time or something like that. Um, and we attempt to decide in in all things. Like uh, businesses are like okay in the five year plan we're going to do this. And there's <clears throat> there's an attempt to control um, control fear really um, and. So, what? but what can happen is if you met someone, if you met someone and you got on so well and you, you'd initially got together and saying, yeah, I want this, they go, yeah, um, and you, you got on so well that you craved him being there and you wanted the more connection. And they said, no, 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 this is what we agreed. You go, yeah, but yeah, but now it's changed um, because you like each relationship is unique, and each person that you meet is going to be create unique feelings in you, in them, and to to try and set ground rules 
is to try and impose what that's going to feel like when you don't know. So I often say that uh, you don't have to change for a great relationship, but a great relationship will change you and it's going to change what you want. Um, and so we can only keep one thing. You can chase the the relationship that you want, like in this in this context, um, or um, I, I've, I've mixed up with different ideas. But you can you can have the connection that you want, or the form of relationship that you want, and then whenever there's a conflict you always want the higher one. So that connection is higher than a specific format of a relationship. So you can keep that loose, but you have to drop it when, um, when the higher one comes into conflict. Actually, my list is more about what I don't want. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the don'ts and the don'ts are based on my experience rather than what I do want because I'm open to um, many forms of um, personalities or what have you come in my way and various permutations of, you know, space, distance and, and what have you. You know, I don't have a list of must have. What I have is a list of no way, Jose, this no <laughs> bloody way is this happening, you know. It's a short list, mark you, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, it's a very strong list, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know. Well, well the, the control strategy, <laughs> the control strategy is, is a thing of fear. Yeah. Which is mostly to avoid what's happened before, which is why someone who's had certain relationship will go for someone who's completely the opposite. Um, but like Nicole said in the chat, it, the growth, like the, the relationship should, like if you're going to have a real deep connection, it's going to change. And so you're going to, where you grow is by, okay, those rules, that rigidity, because the conflict's going to come from somewhere someone's rigid and what's going to what's going to determine if the connection deepens is can you explore what created that rigidity um and then when you have the awareness um and then you 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 can override that but we 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 make rules to try and protect ourselves I agree with that 100%. <laughs> I will not deny that. But at the same time, I, I, I quite agree with you. Um, one must be open, but um, I'm just going to be horrible for a second. Okay. I put myself on this so-called mm, site. Okay. And all of these gentlemen are liking and whatever. Remember, I told you all about it before and it's continuing, yes, in the hundreds and all the rest of it and blah, blah, blah. But I'm telling you, they all look like they are functionally fixed and they ain't going no place. So all of what you're talking about, evolving and um, flexibility, no, 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 no. Many of them are armchair and stippers types. I, I, I mean, I can tell. 
Okay, so. <laughs> oh, can I just challenge that? <laughs> I'm still, t- I'm them to, no, 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 no. Because there's a judgment in that. <laughs> there's a judgment in that. And an <laughs> assumption. They're saying it once said to me, I'd love to have a little chunter along the, um, with you, a chunter along. What the hell is ch- he's going to be chuntering along with me to, to whatever? Come on! <laughs> Who doesn't love a good chunter? Yes, you know, he wants to have a good chunter. Can you imagine? Hang on, man. <laughs> Is that on Urban Dictionary? It's to sort of mumble along and along. I mean, um, hang on, tail pictures of false teeth falling out and chuntering along, mumbling along, kind of falling over your feet. Um, hmm. I thought it pertained to boating or something. It's like, isn't it from like a steam steam boat where it's like chuntering, meaning yeah. it's, it's yeah, along. Yeah, maybe it's like that. So it's, it's, you're just kind of plodding along, just going along, you know, and mumbling along and kind of, come Perhaps on. Perhaps he's got a boat. Going to it's an opportunity there, Sandra. Oh, it's good to have a goal to aspire to. The next soccer party, you're joking. Continue. Yes, sorry. Sorry, Rob. Um, okay, so so um, the thing of judgment and the thing of um, so like the mental shortcuts, they you we can't not use them. So we we will judge people, um, but it's being aware um, that sometimes some of those people who are chuntering along may um like some of some of them there is more to um but yeah, but rob if from you mentioned chuntering it means that your energy levels are totally different from mine okay i am sorry you'll see me uh, i yes i am mad i am energetic i am alive and i am not going to chunter down no lane with no body come now okay <laughs> No way. I have too much life left in me. So I need somebody who's got a little bit more energy um, to, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah um, so there's a reason that we use, there's a reason that we use like the judgment and the men, mental short, the mental shortcuts. Um what we can get with more awareness, though, is an awareness of what judgments we're using, what our prejudices are. Um, and somewhere there's like a fine tuning. It's like, you know, like a graphic equalizer of, and it's the fine tuning that brings us more, um, more accurate. But you know, the criteria that you, you're, usually asked to to fill out, you know, height and so on and so, so forth. 
I have been told more than once by one of these, please narrow your thing, because I'm quite broad-minded in terms of, you know, my my boundaries. You know, I'm not one of those looking for a six foot five man. Uh, I mean, with my little five and a five foot three, I mean, come on now, um, you know, this sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, my boundaries are quite wide. I, you know, I ask for no I don't care about the religion. I don't care about your, your ethnicity. I don't care about all of those things. They're wide open. I leave them. So it's everybody, you can come forward. <laughs> okay. But when you're chuntering into my horizon, it ain't going to work. That's, that's the point. <laughs> mm. I need a little bit of a speedboat kind of thing, you know, half speed maybe. Yeah. <laughs> But not yeah. a chapter in tongue. Sorry. The, the the problem is that dating is set up um, for people that want checklists, um, and so that's why you can narrow through the things that most people are looking for. Um, but it's also the reason why people get frustrated because, like the paradigm, the model that they're working from is flawed, um, and. So it caters, <coughs> caters to what people want. Um, but this is the point I'm, I'm trying to get at where people, what people want is not what they really want. In the same way that what people wanted was an iPhone, but nobody would have said, yeah, I want an iPhone. Um, and I think the iPhone is the perfect metaphor for a relationship because what you really want is not something that you would be able to write up on a list. But the, how do we get to refining that is, um, I think, something like a, a bigger topic um, that will continue to work along as we go. I remember um, you had a thing where we're talking about conversation and but also how you present yourself in a profile and what you do. And I do pay a lot of attention to that versus not so much, you know, the apart from the usual stuff about not, you know, people looking unkempt and, you know, things like that. So I do give a lot of leeway. But what you say or don't say can say a lot, you know. And that is where I think um, I put more emphasis on rather than, the, you know. Hmm. Yeah, and, and um, so, yeah, so, so really it's, it's, I mean, you get the data from someone in their messages um, and it's about, You, you know, like that's a quick filtering mechanism mechanism it's really just about filtering and that's where the chuntering came from you see i saw that in the thing and he kept on talking about his chuntering and i just couldn't get over it because clearly it was important to him he mentioned it more than once telling me about chuntering down the lane and chuntering whatever and having a little chunter <laughs> just stop <laughs> stop it Oh, come on, God. Um, so, you know, hell, what, I mean, where would I not be chandering with this man? Come on. 
He should have that in his profile, profile name. It would help if his first name was C. Chuntering Charles. Okay. Well, I think that next step and how we get to refining is, is one to look at um, in the future. Okay, well, thank you everyone for sharing, for your insights, um, and see you next week.